Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Welcome, I'm Mary Caffrey, Associate Editorial Director for the American Journal of Managed Care. This podcast is part of the series, AJMC Profiles in Care. Today, we will discuss diagnostic testing in thyroid cancer to highlight the importance of using biomarkers to quickly identify appropriate treatment. Joining us is Dr. Michelle F. Kami of the City of Hope in Duarte, California. She's a former surgeon turned pathologist who is the chief of the Division of Molecular Pathology and Therapy Biomarkers. Dr. F. Kami will help us understand more about a specific type of thyroid cancer that is driven by a gene called the RET gene. Welcome, Dr. F. Kami. Thank you. Thank you again, Mary, for having me. So about five or six years ago, I recall seeing lots of um, articles in the literature about the rise of thyroid cancer in the United States. And while not all thyroid cancer is driven by RET mutations, we will be talking about RET mutation-driven cancer today. So to get started, I thought that I I would ask you to tell us um, what are RET mutations and how are they identified? Okay, before we talk about the RET mutation, let's talk about the RET gene. Uh, RET gene has been uh, around for a long time, actually. You know, RET mutation is point mutation as known in the medullary thyroid cancer for more than uh, 40 years, correct? Uh, the RET fusion is one of the ones that are newer and coming along in solid tumors, including thyroid cancer, lung cancer, some GYN tumor, and uh, some gliomas. Uh, so RET uh, alterations, as you mentioned, you know, then we can divide them in the, in the normal follicular uh, thyroid cell, you don't have any RET expression, correct? So whenever you see it, it's abnormal. So the RET mutation, which is uh, identified uh, by looking at the DNA point mutation, and the most common one, as uh, you guys know, is M918T, which is the hotspot known for medullary thyroid cancer. You know, as I said, is, uh, is known for a long time. Uh, the red fusions uh, is detected usually by different methods, including RT-PCR, FISH, or next-generation sequencing by RNA sequencing, basically. So, uh, so red is a proto-oncogene. You know, whenever you have this rearrangement, it's uh, causing the activating of the tyrosine kinase. And actually that's a great news because we have lots of red inhibitor that we can use for these cancers. And you know, every time that we have a TKI, you know, uh, although not most of the TKI are, are similar to the experience we had with the Philadelphia chromosome in chronic myelogenous leukemia, which we called the magic bullet in 1990. But, uh, you know, it's a hope for the patient and for treatment of these cancers. So how common are RET alterations in thyroid malignancies? So, so, so RET, uh, 
breath fusions usually seen only in papillary thyroid carcinoma. So as you know, papillary thyroid carcinoma, the most common mutation is BRAF mutation. And BRAF V600 is the most common one, correct? And that's about like 40 to 50% of the uh, PTCs. Uh, the second most common actually is red PTC. We used to call this red PTC1, red PTC2, and there are multiple flavor of the rearrangement. Basically the three prime of the red gene fused to multiple different known and unknown gene. And depends on the technique that you do this testing, you can detect this known uh, rearrangement or all the novel fusions basically. So the red fusion in thyroid cancer is about like, it's, it's a little different reported in different population, but um, uh, the prevalence is about 20 to 25%, correct? However, you know, th there are some studies that they look at the children's that were exposed to radiation and this is the, the incident is much higher in those population. In general, the red mutated PTC patients, they're younger. Uh, and uh, usually the red fusion happens in uh, classical uh, PTC. You know, the new entity of NFTP or follicular variant they have less than 5% of these red fusions. So the new name for the red PTC1, which is the most common of the, all the uh, red fusions is red CCDC6, as you know, the, the, the name of the gene is based on the um, new ACGME recommendation. So, uh, and then the second one in the thyroid cancer, the second most common partner is the red PTC3, this PTC3 is papillary thyroid carcinoma gene, basically three, and uh, now calls NCOA4. Uh, that's a partner, basically. And, uh, you know, in my experience at CTO4, we see these two as the most common one. As I said, 60% of them are, are the red PTC1, and about 30% uh, red PTC3, and then the other ones are much less common. However, in lung cancer, for example, you don't see it as often, you know, this alteration, you see the red uh, CCDC6, um, very small percentage, uh, the partner is different in the lung cancer, basically. But it doesn't, you know, change your management, basically, because, you know, if you see it, you, you use red inhibitor. So in lung, the difference is, is both, it's treated the same, but, but it is a, a different, a different genetic, genetic makeup. Yeah, it's a different partner, basically. Different, the part different partner. partner yeah, that, so always the three prime of the red gene fuses with different partner, you know, a variety of genes, correct? So the, the common partner for it is the PTC1 and PTC3, which is CCDC6 and NCOA4 gene, basically. Uh, so the three prime fuses to the five prime of those genes. 
and in lung they have you know this you you see this thyroid so basically you know at the end of the day whenever you have a biomarker you want to see if this biomarker is diagnostic or prognostic or therapeutic or then later on you can use it for mrd reason or others correct so basically then for example you have metastasis and you know both of the lung and thyroid they are very highly vascular tissue. Thyroid is a very small gland, but it has like about 2.5% of all, all your body circulation. And I was a surgeon before I, I became a pathologist. So, you know, thyroid surgery was one of our nightmare, basically, you know, because it's, this area is highly vascularized. So you mentioned and that, biomarkers, and I wanted to, to talk about that a little bit. So Talk about biomarker testing and why it's so important in, in this in this disease. Oh, absolutely. As as I was saying, you know, so when, uh, for example, when you you have a metastasis and you don't know it's coming from thyroid or lung, correct? You know, it's it's good that you have a signature, you know, and having like this red fuse with a certain partner more commonly in thyroid rather than lung sometimes even help you in diagnosis you know, also prognostically and therapeutically is important. You know, this red is important is because one of those genes that, you know, is not only diagnostic. So when you see it, it can be diagnostic. You are narrowing your differential diagnosis like to thyroid and lung mainly, correct? And then the second, second thing, oh, it's prognostic, correct? You can use red inhibitor and they respond better to therapy. And then of course, you know, you can use it as a therapy target. What, what kind of diagnostic or optical method do you prefer to use to detect the right mutations? A very, very good question, Mary, actually. You know, I, I am, I'm the queen of developing next generation sequencing. So, uh, you know, I, when I uh, trained uh, originally, uh, you know, I was trained with Dr. Nikiforov, uh, who is the, one of uh, very famous uh, mentors in thyroid cancer. Uh, so um, we, we use RT-PCR over there and then we developed the next generation sequencing. When um, I joined CTR4, I decided I use the RNA-seq method that can detect RET with any partner. And that was um, uh, actually, it wasn't any kit. Uh, it was a homebrew RNA-seq assay uh, that I've designed and I developed uh, with the help of uh, a company. Uh, so basically that, that can give you unlimited. And, you know, people commonly ask, you know, what methods uh, is the best to, you know, detect this, correct? Because you can use fish, you know, if you do, for example, if you do fish break apart, uh, it's helpful, you know, it's red, but you don't know the partner. So if you have an unknown tumor and you, you know the specific partner gonna help you with diagnosis, correct? The fish is not the optimal. And plus, if you don't have those common ones, uh, you know, so, so, you know, you don't know, you know, how they're gonna respond to therapy, correct? If you don't know the exact partner. So that's fish. If, if you know some, um, uh, labs, they do RT-PCR. Again, RT-PCR, you, you design the RT-PCR to a specific partner of it. So you do like red PTC1, red PTC3. So you become limited. 
NGS, if you use a method, uh, RNA-seq method, and in the future, you know, probably full transcriptome is the answer, you know, uh, but uh, currently it's going to become costly for most of the laboratories if they don't have the volume, correct? So the targeted RNA sequencing, I think for most of the academic lab is the way to go. Uh, so I, that's my preferred methods for detecting red fusion. But remember that, that also red mutation happens in thyroid cancer. So when you do the sequencing, you do DNA sequencing, you detect the mutation, correct? All the del in, you know, the famous mutation in, on exon 16, as I said, is M918T, uh, but all the other one, if you do the full gene, full exon basically testing with DNA, you can detect all the other mutation. And then with the RNA-seq, you detect the fusions with any partner. So it's, it's very crucial to choose the you know, right method uh, in your laboratory for testing. Well, it's crucial to choose the right method, especially if you can't build your own test the way you can. <laughs> 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 We're going to switch gears a little bit. And um, we want to talk about the role of tissue and versus plasma tissue and plasma-based biopsies in, in thyroid cancer. Which patients should receive a biopsy? You know, basically, uh, you know, the thyroid cancer is very close to my heart. It's one of those cancers that you know you don't come after the fact as a diagnostic person, as a pathologist it become like you can be preventive, you know, for these cancers. Uh, so uh, finding the aspiration of this thyroid nodule is super important. And if you become suspicious by cytology, you know, in uh, the, the practice we do at CTO4, actually we parallel at the same time that we collect the cytology specimen, we collect um, the fine needle aspirate in a, uh, we call it hopsic tube, basically, which is DNA-RNA preservative, and we keep it. If it's benign, okay, so you, do, you don't need to do anything. So Bethesda category, basically one or two, you don't do anything. Bethesda category three to five, if we have it by cytology, we do uh, uh, the molecular testing, and this is super important. So what, what else is important, basically? Can you, can you just go ahead and do NGS? You know, of course, you have to validate the tissue. You know, when you, when you collect this fine needle aspiration in a tube as a liquid, you don't know if you have any thyroid cell. To make sure that you don't have, you know, you don't give any false negative, you have to do the gene expression in advance before you know, do the next generation sequencing. For that reason, we do a RT-PCR uh, for the epithelial markers of the thyroid uh, cell basically in advance. If we have enough, then we proceed with NGS. You know, if we don't have enough, then, uh, you know, we call it insufficient. So that, that's a very important actually uh, point. Not so many labs uh, actually, um, in nation and internationally, actually, they do this. Um, so, yeah. so that's 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 one of the limitations that people run into. So, the, does that present a role for for the the plasma-based testing when you're looking for the the red alterations? Uh, so, 
plasma basis, and you mean the liquid biopsy for yeah, follow-up. Yeah. Absolutely. You know that you know thyroid, uh, you know tumor is one of those tumors uh, that if you detect early, you know, and if you remove the, you know, you do the appropriate procedure, you know, patient, you know, can survive on hormone therapy. Um, however, you know, uh, I see a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, practice that no molecular testing initially has been done. Even if you know, if you, your Bethesda category is six and you know you have a full balloon cancer, I still recommend to everyone that do the molecular testing. And for example, if you have BRAF, you know, mutation, BRAF by any chance is not a, uh, you know, good prognostic marker as, as we all know. And, uh, you know, uh, so you have to do, you know, total thyroidectomy uh, uh, plus uh, additional procedure, lymph node dissection, correct? And then, then follow this patient. For the RIT, you know, um, is, is, is a little unknown, you know, uh, the, the metastasis of this tumor. And then RIT fusion is a little more difficult to detect by liquid biopsy. So uh, not so many labs they offer actually detecting this liquid biopsy by fusions uh, at the, at the, uh, as, as far as I know. Uh, so uh, it still has a role, you know, for follow-up of this patient, uh, but there are other ways, you know, also you can follow up the patient PET scan, you know, and others, other means basically. So how can appropriate diagnostic testing drive value-based care in thyroid cancer? Uh, so, you know, most, you know, even if so, RET inhibitor, if, if we talk about the RET, uh, you know, alterated tumor, you know, if you have a medullary thyroid cancer and you even have the RET point mutation, you, you treat with RET inhibitor. But in general, also because is Thyroid is highly vascularized, as I said. VEGF inhibitor are playing a very uh, crucial role in treating uh, thyroid cancer, uh, basically. And um, in comparison to lung cancer, you know, lung cancer, usually they do, um, you know, the single agent therapy does not work. So they do combination therapy. And it's still in the red fused lung cancer, um, the chemotherapy uh, also responds really well. There is an, a paper just came out in August and um, look at the uh, lung uh, tumor mutation burden and um, relevant alteration. And they only, uh, they only said high tumor mutation burden in the BRAF positive lung cancer actually is an indication for using of checkpoint inhibitor. And then they put the RET actually in the category of EGFR, RET and others as you know, they, they don't get that much benefit of using checkpoint inhibitor basically. Um, so that's, that's the latest, uh, you know, in combination of the target therapy and immunotherapy uh, when you have RET fusion. So can you talk about the impact of early detection on patient outcomes? Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, 
as I said, you know, early detection, even, you know, for the, for even, you know, so the Bethesda categories is very important, correct, to know in the cytology. So to me, marriage of the cytology with the molecular, you know, for early detection is the most important factors, you know, for uh, treating this patient. Uh, first of all, you know, Bethesda category three to four, which uh, about 25% of all the thyroid nodule. Basically, if you do molecular testing, you know, 70, about 70% 70 of these cases, uh, you know, they can be benign. You only need to do surgery on 25% of this, you know, uh, Bethesda category uh, three and four, basically. So this is super important because is you know, uh, classically, what did we do? Classically, you know, we did a cytology. If we were suspicious with Bethesda category three and four, we did lobectomy, okay? So you, you took the patient to OR one time, you know, a stress caused everything for the patient. And then if it was in 75% of the time, it was benign, okay, you, you know, that's fine. But 25%, again, you have to take this patient you know, to do the complete thyroidectomy, you know, again, as serious cause. And then you do the lifelong hormone therapy, correct? You know, for those patients that got lobectomy. So, you know, that, you know, we are in, a, we are lucky, we are in the best era that possibly for the cancer, you know, with all these tools that we have available and can help the patient basically. And can you talk about the role of testing in targeted therapy selection? Absolutely. You know, thyroid tumor is to me one of those uh, pure tumors. Uh, you know, it does not have, it does not need so many hits and not so many tumors are like that. You know, liquid tumors such as acute leukemia they need less heat, correct? But then you go to the other end of a spectrum, which are the MSI tumor, lung cancer, uh, or melanoma, that they need so many heats to become a cancer. Thyroid falls in the lower level heat. So, and that's very helpful, you know, for uh, example, you know, uh, PTC, papillary thyroid cancer, that, which we are in the subject of RET, and this is like RET is very common in this category, you know, they have BRAF. Uh, you can do anti-BRAF therapy. However, I tell you, you know, anti-BRAF therapy was not a success story for the, for the thyroid, but uh, diagnostically and prognostically is really valuable. Um, RET is one of the better success story for the thyroid cancer. Uh, is not as common as BRAF, but however, it's common. Uh, so when you have RET actually is a good news for the patient, you know, with using of this RET inhibitor plus the VEGF inhibitors. Um, RAS tumors are less common, uh, but then also there are uh, about less than 5% of the thyroid tumor, they have NTRK. And NTRK is another, you know, uh, marker that have a target therapy. So if you look at thyroid, most of the molecular alteration in thyroid, you have an option of targeted therapy as well. And this is really great. Okay. So it sounds like you're really optimistic about uh, therapy these days. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. You know, I, 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 as I said, you know, I, uh, I always say we are so fortunate that to be to living in this era that the costs for all this testing, extensive testing are so much lower. You know, for thyroid, uh, you know, currently we do 300 gene panel, you know, but like really this is overkill, you know, which um, you have like about 74 RNA seq gene that you can do all the novel partner basically. Um, so, so this is really fantastic. Uh, and you know, most of the lab, they are developing bigger and bigger and they're going to full exome basically and full transcripto. So I see the future that going toward this, but for the thyroid, I don't see, because as I said, it's more of the pure tumor. I don't see that, uh, you know, the pie chart that we discovered all this alteration, uh, the, the little, um, uh, you know, piece that is unknown, um, hopefully we can discover and close the whole circle. So that's my hope. Well, I thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Abtami. We hope you enjoyed this segment of AGMC Profiles in Care. For more content in our Profiles in Care series, visit agmc.com. I'm Mary Caffrey. Thank you for joining us.